0: All right, well, we have um, a special guest this morning. John and Bev Adkins are here. Come on up. Uh, They are, for those who don't know, they're our missions partners in Roatan, Honduras. Uh, So when we give, these are the folks uh, who are the hands and feet down in Roatan to to love and serve down there and um, give, give God's love and power away down in Roatan, and they are in town for a few weeks, a little over a month, right, altogether. And so wanted to give them an opportunity to come and share with us this morning. So I'm going to pray and excited to hear what, what God has uh, for us from them this morning. So Jesus, thank you so much for the Adkins. Uh, we just, we bless their ministry that they are doing. We ask for increased fruitfulness over this upcoming year. Thank you for the heart that they have for the kids in Rotan and how they have come alongside the pastors down there to support them and encourage them. We pray that this time back home would be a time of refreshing and rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Good morning. Whoa, that is hot. Um, I'm Beverly, and I get to share a little bit about what's going on on Rotan, and just kind of where we've, we haven't been here. Uh, actually, November 3rd was our anniversary, our two-year anniversary. It, it doesn't seem possible, but we've been over in Honduras for two years. And uh, we just want to share what's going on there a little bit. And uh, how the money that you give, like on the giving wall, how it helps what we're doing. Um, So, Jen, if I could have that first picture. Um, This is our beautiful island. Uh, The mountains in the background is the mainland. And it's beautiful, but we are on day 246 days of lockdown which means that we can only get out on the number uh, that we have been assigned and uh, one day a week, and then um, we, we now have to wear our mask, even if we're in the car, all by ourselves. And if you get caught, you know, if a police pulls you over, you know, they could fine you, give you, uh, take your car, you know, whatever they want to do. It, it doesn't matter what, it's just whatever, you know, they're feeling at the time. So, uh, but I just want you to know that uh, Roatan is beautiful, but I'm telling you, we're hurting right now because last week we had a hurricane come through uh, the, uh, the mainland. Well, it, it hit the island also, but the mainland was just uh, rivers rose, bridges out, and we're about to be hit by another one today or tomorrow Uh, category four they think it's going to get up to category four now the ground's already saturated so you know what that is so uh, people in the houses that they live in uh, mudslides you know the whole the whole bit um, uh, it's just a devastating time and we're keeping up with it through our friends that are over there but even at that it's it's hard you're kind of torn I'm loving being here But I wish I were there to to do my part, you know, to to help out. So anyway, I I just wanted to share that about what's going on on Roatan. Next. I want to share just a story about my friend Crystal. Uh, Crystal, uh, when we first went to Roatan, she was in the rehab center. The rehab just had started up, and she was one of the ladies that was in the rehab now, Crystal, you can see her beautiful face, and she is just uh, an amazing woman. But before, she was a prostitute. She was on drugs. I mean, the, the worst of the worst has, uh, you know, I don't know how many children she has, but two or three children. I know of three. and uh, But God took her in the rehab, and cha- her life has changed dramatically. So now uh next so now uh these are there's two of her children uh and the daughter on the right uh her name is Michaela and Michaela prayed for her mom actually Michaela took her mom to the rehab and paid her money to go to rehab and so that's the kind of daughter that she is now Michaela she's going to do wonders for the kingdom uh but she's been hurt by the church how many of you have been hurt by the church? And uh, But Michaela was very hurt by the church, and she just has wandered off. But, man, what a gift she is. And uh, so we have plans for Michaela because Michaela has a voice uh, with the young people. Uh, also, uh, so back to, um, uh, um, what am I trying to say, Crystal? Uh, she's an advocate for her people so uh, go ahead and show the children Uh, this is what God has changed her into this woman she is a joyful woman Uh, she's as large as life and uh, but every morning now that the lockdown has occurred in March the way people get money is through tourism we have no tourism Uh, they're barely coming back with You know, uh, American Airlines now flies to Roatan, but that is it. So those are like scuba divers that come. But the normal people, uh, no cruise ships, no money. So anyway, she has started feeding. Oh, there's probably 30 children that she feeds every single morning. Now, uh, she relies strictly on donations of people that give to her, food, you know, things like that. Uh, One morning they may have cereal, one morning they may have toast, but this is what they get out of it. They get a little something to eat, they get a worship time, and they hear a story about Jesus. Now, what better can that be, you know, for a, a woman that was you know, in prostitution and drugs and all that stuff, and God just turned her around, and now she is, like, feeding these children. And she also goes down into uh, an area called Cox and Hole, which is the, the big place for drugs and alcohol and prostitution. We go down into those areas and talk to women and, uh, and have taken uh, people to the rehab also. But anyway, this is Crystal, and we have just a little video of her home. This is her home, uh, just a little one-bedroom. Uh, it's not very big. So can we... Thank <laughs> you. so that's just a little clip of you know what she does all the time and uh here's here's another cool part is the man that she was living with also went to the rehab, found Jesus, turned his life around. So they then they get married. John and I went to their wedding. They got married, and so now they're serving the Lord together. And I'm telling you guys, it's through you. It's through kindness of people like you that give to the giving wall or give to Mission Revive uh, that John and I are, have as our uh Organization, uh, but it's through those things that people like Crystal um, have turned their life around and and just shared Jesus with their country. I mean, I can't do justice to her on what she does and how honored I feel to be with her when she goes out to do things and and we go together and get to share about Jesus. So that's just a little update uh, on what we're doing John's going to come in speak a little bit more so
2: oh my goodness it feels so good to be here uh, and I'm talking about here at the Indy Vineyard our home church it's good to see all of you and all of you there at home I wish I could see you but I know you're out there so uh this is great hang on I forgot my bible And is this all the light we have up here? This is gonna like challenge me to try to read something up here in the dark. I might have to move forward. But uh, again, it's been so good to be back and see family and friends, and uh, everyone has made us feel so incredibly welcome. And so it's been just so exciting to be here. And uh, yeah, as, uh, as Bev was talking about, this this hurricane uh, that is coming, the one that hit Etta and this other one, Iota, is really a devastating thing for the country uh, as a whole, I and mean, there's been many lives that have already been lost, and, um, you know, and this other one's coming, but, you know, we serve a God that, you know, calmed the storm, and a, a God that, that, you know, can put a hand of protection and so forth. And so, would you join me in a prayer? I'm going to pray for the country of Honduras right now because uh, it you know, it doesn't look good for them, and they really need uh, God to come in and intervene in this situation. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Father, for your love, your love for the people of Honduras. And so, Father, we pray for your um, hand of protection upon them, Father. Uh, like I said, you, you are the one that calms the storms, and, Father, we need this one to... Um, to not, you know, to not increase in strength and so forth, Father, and that uh, the people that are there will be able to find shelter and uh, stay out of harm's way. So we just uh, pray your blessing protecting on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for that. Like I said, it's just, uh, you know, something that's uh, on everybody's mind, you know, down there and just, you know, uh, concerned about this coming in. You know, the series that Randy's been going through here is uh, Love Lived Out. And uh, I just want to encourage you, you know, when Bev and I went over there uh, to Honduras to serve, I mean, I was, let me just admit it, I was scared to death. I mean, that was a a big deal. But, you know, as as you walk out your love, and I know all of you here are full of love because you have God within you, but it's, you know, but we need to give that away. We need to walk that out. And I found you just stepping out, just doing something. So as you know, as God prompts you, you see you see some uh, some other ministry here locally or whatever, and you like you know, wow, that's you know they're doing a great thing over there. Get involved with that, you know, just walk out your love in in some way, and uh, it's just amazing how God will meet you uh, in that process and just how you will be so incredibly blessed. Um, Today's sermon, uh, I, I wanted to share a word here, um, and it's about God's provision. And again, living in Honduras, um, you know, where there's uh, such needs, you know, just God's provision becomes so much more apparent, you know, as far as particularly the need for it. Uh, people have asked me as we've come back here to the States as far as, you know, how does it feel coming back? You know, is it, does it feel different or whatever? And, and I've shared with a number of people that, for me, the, the big thing, everything seems familiar because we lived here for so long, so it's easy to kind of get back in the groove. But I have become very sensitive to just the abundance here. Uh, when, when you live someplace that has so little for so long and then you are thrown back into in, a situation to where you have everything here. I mean, you, you really do. I mean, from the homes to the stores to uh roads without potholes and you know that type thing and so you know it's just been interesting to me to just see that and and the thing that really stands out to me is that um you know you may look at a country like Honduras and say wow you know those poor people they they don't have much but I'm telling you they are the happiest lovingest people that you could ever want and they uh are so honoring um you know, and just give you whatever, you know, they possibly can. And, you know, for example, when this first hurricane hit, it devastated the mainland, but uh, Roatan, even though it was impacted, was not impacted to the same extent of just, you know, total destruction. And uh, the locals there were putting together a, uh, you know, a drive to donate things over to the mainland. And, you know, in my western mindset i'm thinking what do you have to donate you know i mean you have so little but you know they give what they have you know they're taking masters out of their homes and just whatever they have and sending over there and it just again shows just the the, the giving attitude that they have and just the love and they're so they're walking out their love right now uh to each other during this time so I wanted to share a story with you that just really has um, just been a good story that God has really challenged my heart with. And it comes out of 2 Kings. If you, if you want to turn there in your, on your phone or if you have a Bible, it's 2 Kings uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And again, as I going to talk about God's provision, this is a story about God's provision. So let me... You can follow along. I'm just going to go ahead and read. It's just uh, verses 1 through 7. So says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he received the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two uh, boys as slaves. Elijah replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars, and as each one is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, "Bring me another one." But he replied, "There is not a jar left." Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, "Go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left." When I read that, I'm like, I was just really touched by that story. And um, you know, so this lady had lost her uh, her primary. Uh, provider for her and you know during this time particularly with COVID right now you know there's many people I know that you know have lost jobs and you know their uh, income stream that they're used to having and have you know also have gotten into a, a tough situation and here the, you know, she said, and the creditors are coming, so she owed a debt, so she had a debt that she owed, and the creditors were coming to take her two sons away so that they would work for them, and in that day, I mean, that was okay. I mean, if you owed something, you had to pay it some way or another, and I think, you know, the enemy today, as as we, uh, you know, have these needs, I think the enemy puts that fear in us, is that he's going to come and take something away from us, That there's something that we have that you know that we're afraid that we're going to lose you know during this uh you know time of of need time of of hardship and uh so anyway so she went to elijah and you know says hey i you know i need some help and uh i like he says uh well you know first of all what do you want to you me to do for you you know and I just always like those kind of questions when it seems obvious, you know, I, I need your help. What, you know, what do you want me to do for you? And I think for us, you know, that a lot of us are, are calling out today for that is, you know, Lord, we need your help. And um, I like to say, he says, you know, what do you have in your home? And, um, you know, for us today, I, I, you know, we would think, well, you know, I've got I've got televisions, I've got, you know, different things in the home. We, we, we have an abundance of things. But I think for us today, for the Lord to ask, you know, what is it that you have? I think that he's looking internally in us. You know, what do you have inside of you, you know, with within you? So, in other words, have you got the abundant joy? Have you got, the, you know, uh, the, the love? Or is there, you know, again, due to the pandemic, it, it, you know, do you have uh, fear and concerns, um, concerns for your family, concerns for your job, uh, you know, providing, and uh, you, again, may have not been able to pay your bills, and you have debt, you know, that's been piling up. And so she says, well, I don't have anything. And then she backs up a little bit and says, except for, you know, this one little jar of olive oil. And in that day and time, first of all, you know, symbolically we know in the scriptures that olive oil can represent the Holy Spirit. and uh, But for back then, olive oil was a very important thing. I mean, they used it in uh, medicine, you know, treating wounds. Uh, they used it in cooking. Uh, it just it had so many different purposes, you know, back then. So it was a very precious thing. She said, I just have this one small jar of that. And so, you know, if you're, you know, kind of struggling with what is going on today, um, you know, God is asking what you have, and you just need just a little bit of, of faith, just a little bit of hope down in there in your heart, you know. So, you know, that he doesn't want you to just feel like that you have nothing uh, all of you can look, and, and you know, you may be, you may have already reached that point that you feel like, man, I've, I've only got a little bit. I'm just barely hanging on with the, the hope and faith that I have right now. And, uh, you know, so Elijah said, Well, go and collect um, empty jars, as many as you can, and take them into your home. And uh, once you get as many as you can, and, and said, Go close the door. Uh, you and your sons in the home and you know as I got to thinking about that and again it you know it's not what's in the scripture here but just symbolically um, as she was sitting uh, in her home and she's surrounded by this emptiness okay she's surrounded by these empty vessels and you know for us I think sometimes that we look around and can see emptiness around us you know we we, we see something and it triggers, you know, oh, I, that, that makes me uh, think of the pain of, you know, losing my job or, you know, pain of losing a loved one, um, you know, a friendship that's gone bad. And, you know, so there's all these things around her. And so I just, you know, I got to thinking those empty jars, you know, represented for her, I think, this hopelessness that so many of us, you know, can find ourselves in. And uh, so Elijah said, well, take that small jar of oil that you have and said, so begin filling up these, these jars, these empty jars. And so they would take the small jar and pour in there and fill it up, and they would fill it to the top, and then they would set that aside and get another one. And so from that s- small jar, they began to fill up uh, vessel after vessel after vessel until every one of the empty vessels in the house was full and and that's where he said. She said, "Well, bring me another." one. there were, it are no more vessels. And he said the oil stopped flowing at that point. And uh, so you know, the God's provision, God had provided for her at that point, had provided what she needed. You know, out of miraculously out of so little that you hand that that little thing to God, that He can multiply it so. And I like it. She took it to, uh, back to Elijah and said, you know, look, here's what I've got. And he says, well, take a portion of that and go and sell it and pay off your debts so that you're debt-free, your creditors are not coming, they're not going to come take your sons. And then he says, but take what's left, and you can live off of that. And again, you know, I saw that and says, man, that's, that's God's abundance, in that, you know, she was just wanting to get out of debt, and he not only got out of her debt, but provided for her from then on, you know, from that point forward. And so, you know, we serve a God that is an abundant God. He, he you know, he wants to, to pour out to us abundantly, and we, we only have to come to him with such a little, a little hope, a little faith in him and ask him, and he can fill us up completely. And there's no limit to, you know, you may feel so empty inside, but there's no, you know, there's no vessel so big and empty that God can't fill it up completely and totally and provide for you what you need. So, you know, I hope that's an encouragement. It was to me in a time like this uh, that, you know, just things are crazy. And again, um, one of the biggest things I see, one of the biggest vessels out there that I see for many people is just the fear that's, owned. you know, just fear and concern of what's going to happen. Um, you know, fear of being around people, you know, am I going to get the, the, the COVID, that type thing. Uh, let God pour his peace into you and give you, you know, that peace of not having to be worried about that and concerned about it because he's not a God of fear and uh, he can protect us. So, um, let's see. Okay. So, anyway, again, we we appreciate so much you allowing us to come and take an opportunity to share with you. Things in in Royal Ten are going well. We're so excited about uh, what God is doing there, how God has been using us, uh, it's just been an amazing journey. And uh, if, you, uh, if you would like to follow along with what's going on there, what we're doing, we do send out a monthly newsletter. If you're not on that already, um, you can just send an email to info at missionrevive.com and just put a message in there that you would like to be added to the newsletter list so we would love you know for you to uh, keep up with us and we appreciate everyone here that prays for us and uh, lifts us up and particularly uh, my wife and I uh, had uh, the covid we got uh, infected here and went through the whole thing with covid um uh, i guess 3 months ago now and You know, I'll have to admit, I was a little anxious when you're in a third world country and you get sick with that. And, um, you know, so but, you know, your prayers, there was so many people praying for us. And uh, so we we made it through without any any issues and concerns. And uh, um, whereas we've had a number of our friends there have actually passed away with COVID. So it's it is a serious thing. But uh, God's hand of protection was upon us. And so we want to thank you for that. So, okay, at this time, I'd like to turn it back over to Adam and uh, for our ministry time. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, John
0: and Bev. Uh, so at this time, we're going to go into a time of communion and ministry time. Uh, so Nate or Amy, Ian, all right, third time's a charm. <laughs> We had that all worked out beforehand, as you can tell. Um, yeah, so in our in our time of communion, um, thinking about you know Jesus says that that He came uh, for the least of these, and it's easy to forget that you and I are the least of these. Really, um, spiritually, we have we have nothing to bring to the Father. Uh, in fact, we've we live in rebellion uh, to Him. That's that's our the state of who we are before Jesus, and um, so as as we celebrate communion, the the bread, the cracker, represents Jesus's body um, that he he gave for us. So as we begin this time, I encourage you to just take some time reflecting on what Jesus has done giving up his life for us and then we'll we'll take take the bread together take take the cracker, the bread. The juice represents Jesus' blood that was poured out for us. Though our sins stained us, made us as crimson, as scarlet, Jesus' blood has made us white as snow, pure in the Father's eyes. Let's drink together. have ministry time. So anybody on the ministry team who's here, if you would come forward, John and Bev, would you be willing to do that? come pray? Thanks. So a couple of things that um, as John and Bev were sharing that stood out to me, I think would be good ways um, for ministry time is um, as, as Bev was speaking, given a little update, felt like the Lord was stirring some to to be intercessors for the Adkins and, uh, for Roatan nets. Um, that's serious work. And so if the Lord's stirring your heart, I would invite you to come forward, especially to come to, to John and Bev, um, and ask them to, to pray for you, um, as you kind of join their team. That's, that's what you're doing. Um, you're joining their team down in Roatan. So if, if that's you, I invite you to come forward. And then as John was praying, um, a couple of things just around this idea of provision, you know, maybe wondering, is God going to provide? Is God providing? And just that the question um, of what do you have? What do you have that, you know, the Lord may be asking you to, to give something or give up something. And your confidence is actually in that thing. Maybe, maybe it's a certain amount of money or a certain thing that he's asking you to give up rather than in him and so if that's the case I encourage you to come get, get prayer or maybe a fear of removal or loss loss of something or just in this time fear that something might be taken from us um, and I just love how John said God's not a God of fear right? he, as, as we've been looking at going through First John perfect love drives out fear so if either any of those things resonate with you, I um, encourage you to come forward. Or anything else, we'll, we'll pray for any... Yeah.
1: I just really feel like maybe there's one or two of you in here that have missions on your heart. And you just really don't know what to do with that. And John and I didn't start out as young and going into the mission field. We're, we're very up in age. And when we started, but we just said yes. And so it doesn't matter whether you go to another country or you do it in the marketplace, wherever you are. If you just want an encouragement for that, come up, we'll pray for you. Because we have courage for that. Uh, now that we've been in it for a couple of years, we just really have the courage that um, to pray for you for that. So.
0: That's great. Thanks, Bev. So if there's any other ministry team folks here, be willing to come forward and pray. We need a couple more teams. are at home and would like somebody to pray for them, you can email prayer at indievineyard.org and we'll reach out to you. face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance and give you rest.